Welcome to the After Show Show for episode 98. If this is your first time tuning into this podcast, this is not the main episode. This is the junk of the main episode where we talk about random topics of interest. Now, normally our After Show shows, despite being not the main episode, they're usually pretty planned. Uh, usually there's a general topic of discussion. This is not one of those episodes. Yeah, I mean, but we do have some episodes every now and then that we call dumpster diving episodes. Uh, this is not really dumpster divey, but we're just kind of talking about random, really, really random junk. Yeah, so if, you know, you want a more focused podcast, you should, of course, check out our main ones. Hopefully, this one will have no audio issues like the last one. Ooh. But if you want a kind of rambly uh, smorgasbord of news stories or interesting things... Then this is the correct junk you want to tune in. But let's start with the first kind of topic of interest. Okay. Now, in our main episode, we uh, talked about CL yeah. uh, two episodes ago, right? And uh, CL's lifted and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was just announced that CL is going on this American tour. Which kind of it, it baffles me a little bit. Well, when Steven and I talked about uh, the song Lifted at first, uh, we did have quite a few harsh things to say about it. And I think we did mention that she was going to perform it on James Corden's show, The Late Late Show, I think is what it is. Yes. After she appeared on that, all of a sudden now she's doing this American tour. Yeah. Well, at first when I heard the news, I was like, I mean, I guess that makes sense, right? Like, you're going to invest all the time and money, you know, making these English songs like you should maybe tour. But then our Slack channel was talking about like she only has like three english songs right yeah so she's what is what else she's gonna sing is she gonna sing 21 songs by herself like that's kind of weird right yeah she does have a few kind of i guess solo songs that she could sing like menbung obviously comes to mind this is a solo cl tour right there's it's not 21 it's not it's not cl and somebody else you know it's not yg it's it's just her and her songs, and I don't think she has a lengthy enough kind of discography to really put on a, a solo show that doesn't involve anything like twenty one wise. Yeah, I mean, I just looked at the thing like I maybe it's featuring another artist. We have no idea. Like looking at the, her Twitter post, I don't see anything right. So I think it'd be kind of like maybe if she brought in you know maybe Epic High or maybe you know some other English speaking thing. But if it's just her, I, I do find that kind of interesting because mm. people are going to pay to see CL. I mean, right? Like this is a lot of American people's chances to see her. Yeah. Or maybe it's just maybe it's just weird to us like someone solo performing their group songs cuz we were talking about like Hyona does a lot of solo stuff, right? Way more than CL's done. And even Hyona doesn't really have solo tours, right? Yeah. But if she did, would it be weird to see only Hyona singing four-minute songs? Like, I think that would be kind of weird. For for me, I don't think it would be super weird, but you have to kind of think about the atmosphere of the concert that you're, you're going to go put on, right? Like, CL, in my mind, she wants to put on a hip-hop kind of solo act. And Oh, that's true. Like, if she has that, then is she really just going to be rapping herself for for a super super long? Because Hyuna, I mean, she's not really a great singer, but she does sing talk a lot. So she can sing talk a lot of the parts from Four Minute in my mind. But twenty one songs and CL's singing capacity, I don't think that she can sing some of the notes that like Pak Bom sings. You know, 
Oh, well, what, okay. That's interesting. When, I, when I'm thinking that she's going to perform 21 songs, I had just assumed she was performing only her parts. Only her portion, yeah. Uh, but you're thinking that she's going to perform everybody's part? Not, not, every, not everybody's parts, but like some, not only her parts, because the way I think 21 songs are kind of made is that everyone kind of does their own thing at their own time right like they're responsible for a certain part of the song and i think it'd be really i mean really boring to kind of just have her just dancing around for a while and then when it comes to her rap part then she can rap you know right i mean see that's what i had assumed and I, yeah. that's why i thought it's why it's so weird that she would perform 21 songs right? yeah that's because that's what i mean like if she were to perform 21 songs and actually make them a performance she would actually have to do some of the other parts is what i'm saying mm. and even that if she had if she's doing those parts it's going to be really strange also yeah 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 that's weird like i either way she, i i just cannot see a way uh that she performs 21 songs by herself i mean unless it is that awkward like i kind of perform my parts and then that would be a terrible performance i mean i yeah. think Mainly the people who are really big 21 fans or CL fans or YG fans um, would, would go to these concerts. I don't really see, you know, the the American kind of public being right. like, oh, I saw her on James Corden, whatever, whatever. Of course. Yeah, we were talking about we were talking about how, like, I highly doubt anyone who's not in a K-pop heard lifted. Right. Like maybe they, they saw it on James Corden, but. I'm sure the conversion rate from American listeners to CL listeners is in insanely low. That's a huge assumption, but like I, none of my non-K-pop listening friends were like, "Holy shit, did you hear about this Chinese?" You know, I'm not Chinese. Uh, this Asian girl, right? Like none right. of my friends did that. And did any of your friends? No. Yeah. But I sure as heck I still remember Gundam Style, and you know that's a whole nother level, of course. But like literally every all, all the white people I've ever known in my life was like, "Hey, man." Hey, like, oh, this, this, this Chinese guy singing. That's, I'm that's, like, oh. that's our that's our default like white guy voice. Hey man, did you see this and this? <laughs> mine's mine's more Texan. Mine's like, hey man, hear about that chinky motherfucker? Oh, that's right. Because your your because your your white person voice should be like a Texas right white yeah. person voice, and mine should be a Californian like surfer dude. Watch out, surfer dude voice. I guess. Yeah. Also, like. I saw the Wonder Girls a long time ago in in Dallas, right? Um, when they were doing their kind of U.S. thing, when to try and break into the U.S. market, but way back when, yeah. But they also brought 2 p.m. and even then, it was only like an hour long concert. Granted, the Wonder Girls didn't have; they've never had an insane, insanely huge discography, right? But the tickets were also pretty cheap, if I recall. Uh, because it was a actually a very small showing because it was the five venue, years ago right, and, the venue and all that. Yeah, and it was Texas, and you know, the penetration I think is not the same as it is nowadays, right? So, yeah. So let me pick your brain then. Uh, I think there have been some K-pop artists that have done a U.S. tour, like Jay Park. I think he's done an American tour. Like, do you think she could replicate something that like he's done? Because Jay Park himself, like he doesn't really have a, a huge American following, just you know, a separate kind of oh, we like Jay Park because he's Jake Park, and I know nothing about K-pop, you know. But but I think Jay Park a has way more songs. 
Yeah. Uh, B probably brings around a crew of homies to like back up to do like he yeah. can do other things with. Because even when he, I think when he went on a tour, it was an AOMG tour, not even a J Park tour. Mm. Right. Yeah. So, what are you trying to pick my brain about? I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. I'm. Well, I'm. What I'm trying to. The point I'm trying to make is J Park, who I think has. Uh, a more extensive discography. He has more ability to perform. Like he can sing and rap and he can also dance. Even he did not try to take on solo, this solo kind of tour. Like even he went around with a band of homies, right? Yeah. Like, do you think that this is going to be any way as successful as anything that he's even tried to do? Right. Cause right. Like the thing is, I think it's going to be successful just because it. I think it's so rare of this chance to CCL, right? Like the American people. I mean, she's a huge, huge, huge star. I mean, way bigger than Jay Park, right? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be just mainly K-pop fans at her. Right, at but her, I think even yeah. Jay Park is still going to be mainly K-pop fans. I really don't think that many American people are like, "Yo, did you hear that new right. Aquaman song?" Like, no. Right. But I do think the concert. Either is going to be really short or just you got to really love CL, I think, for it to be worth it. I just can't imagine. Now, maybe she can sing some American songs to pad the time. You know, maybe yeah. some some concerts do that, right? Where they sing other people's songs. It covers or they have a filler. They do the Macarena like Shiny did, right? Yeah. I think you really need to to like CL. I mean, that's kind of true for any concert, though, right? You kind of have to like whoever's. Especially if you're if you're gonna go, okay. So if you're gonna go see CL as a rapper, right? Because CL is a rapper. Like even if it was an American rapper, you would have to really like that rapper to go see their show, right? Because you you're gonna be st- you know standing there for like an hour just hearing them just basically rap. Yeah, but I guess I should rephrase that. I I, I then I guess I mean you need to be a really big fan. I don't mean a fan. I don't mean like I've heard some 21 songs and I'm like, why not? I mean, you need to be a really big fan of CL for it to be even remotely close to worth it. Like you're really just paying to see her. Right. Because I think her discography is so small. Right. As far as the Twitter post showed, it didn't seem like anybody else was going to be there to fill in any other thing. Right. She's got like nine shows and they're pretty big cities. Right. I don't know how big the venues are or anything like that. I don't know what the prices are. I probably should have looked that up um, if they're even out, right? But no, like, I don't think they're, they, they, they're not going to start selling them until like the end of this month, like the 30th or something, like okay. the last few days. Like if they're $20, $30, I think that's totally fine. I, I If I was like, you know, hey, I can pay $20 to go see L, I would I would think I would go pay $20 to go see L perform. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. That's, that's worth it for me, and I don't consider myself a huge CL fan. But, but if it's... Fifty to a hundred dollars for like an okayish seat. Mm, I don't that's, know. That's yeah, that's kind of crazy to me. But you know, if it's twenty bucks, I guess everybody has different worth value, right? Uh, right. On what that is, I just, I just can't. I hope she proves me wrong, though. I want to be clear, though. Yeah. I hope she pull, proves well, me wrong. And it's an amazing, amazing concert. But. Yeah, we're not, we're not trying to like put her down. Like this is yeah. happening. This tour is happening, and Stephen and I are trying to be like. We we don't see how it can be super successful. We kind of see this happening like another Wonder Girls issue, but we really hope like really that K-pop obviously gets more kind of salience in the U.S. market, right? You know, actually, I think we're 
I should have clarified the because I, I I wasn't really even talking about it being successful in a like mm. breaking in America. She has already yeah. failed that. It that's already mm. the, that boat has already sailed. She already that's done. I was even I'm specifically talking about even being a diehard K-pop fan. Like this concert wow. still seems like a bad a, idea. A really like a gra- like a kind of like a money grab because. Mm. I just don't think she has enough stuff. I don't think she's even proven. I mean, I can only remember that last 21 performance, right? Yeah. And how bad bad that performance was and how much time they had. At Mama, right? Yeah, at the Mama. Mama, Last year. Was it last year or two years ago? I I don't know. I think it was last. I want to say last year. 2015. 2015. Mama. I don't know. Damn, yeah. It's almost October already. <laughs> I've never seen CL. Even watching that lifted performance, she seemed out of breath for a three-minute performance that she didn't even dance in. Like, maybe I'm wrong, and I just haven't watched a lot of 21 performances. But of the 21 performances I've seen, I was never like, holy shit, CL's going to go hard on it. Like, I, yeah. I just don't believe that. Like, I've seen a lot of, like, CL things, and she... Don't get me wrong. She has charisma and she kind of has stage presence. But at the same time, it's like she hasn't really wowed me with anything too great. That makes me think like, oh, man, if she was by herself, she totally could kill it. Yeah. Especially since the last performance she was in as a group, they definitely didn't kill it. Although she was the best performer of those four people. Hands down. Uh, Her or Minzy? Yeah. Minzy was, oh, was that Minzy or was that some other girl that got? <laughs> oh. Um. Anyways, on a happier note. A uh, very small story, but it could spark some interesting talks. And, uh, you know, we talked about the Wonder Girls. It was just kind of admitted uh, that Yeun from the Wonder Girls has been uh, dating 2AM's Jinwoo for three years now. Um, three years is not a short time. Steven and yeah. I have been in Korea for three years. And, and not only is it three years, they weren't even caught. It, they didn't admit it because years, they were yeah. caught. They admitted it. Just freely. Just freely. Yeah. Which is also crazy. And, and and Josh, when I told Josh, Josh was like, yeah, yo, I think really the reason why they are like coming out now, like without any sort of provocation or pro- provocate, oh, provocation, is that where I'm, yes. without anyone provoking, pro- provoking them, them, yeah, is because they're probably going to get married. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. But A, it's, it's really cool that, you know, they've been together for three years and nobody's found out about it. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, Zico and... And uh, Solyan was discovered like super early. Now, granted, no offense to Ye- Yeun and, and Jinwoo, but they're not the most, they're not A-level celebrities anymore. anymore. You know, they may not even be B-level celebrities anymore, right? Uh, so maybe that's why they didn't have like crazy stalkers, you know, searching for their every movement, you know? Maybe. Is it Jinwoo or Jinwoon? I have to see the Korean. I wrote Jin-woon? an N in there because that's what the Reddit post did. And then Josh was like, it's not Jinwoon, it's Jinwoo. Well, I said Jinu because I honestly don't remember all of the two PM guys' names. Yeah, it says uh, Jinun. Jinun. Yeah, Jinun. Um. Anyways, that doesn't actually matter. Another thing that's apparently kind of interesting is like they would help each other, like write music. And I know that Yeun has done a lot of producing and writing for the new Wonder Girl stuff, and also as their alter ego, the worst, the worst named Hatvelt. But, but, I mean, also, Jinun has his own band, and he's a guitar player and all that. So, I mean, this really kind of sounds like a begin-again kind of storyline, you know, where, like, two musicians kind of get together. 
yeah, help each other like out. Singer songwriters and then like all of a sudden love sparks and now they're gonna get married. So, well, we don't know that. You're extrapolating. I, 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 I would put money on them getting married. Yeah, but then Sonia got married and then had babies and then she quit. So, no, maybe baby Yin was like, okay, I'm just gonna wait and see how <laughs> why so lonely goes on and. If it's not good, then I'm gonna like review myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, why so lonely? Did gangbusters? Yeah, man. and then that's why she was just like, "Damn, should I still do it now?" Yeah. She already put it in place. She was like, yeah. "I was gonna admit it and get you know more news." Um, the reason I want to talk about this was because we kind of talked about it in the main episode about like Bobby and Mino, like if they can yeah, like, have they sex date, with girls and yeah. stuff. And we didn't talk about it, but. I guess the best way to keep all that stuff secret is to do the dirty with other w- idols. Yeah, with other idols or with idols, especially in your own company, right? Yes, yes. I guess that makes sense, right? Like, it, yeah, that, maybe that's the reason why it doesn't get out is because they all just have orgies with each other. And yeah, because Jinnin used to be part 2 a.m. and 2 a.m. used to be under JYP, so they're technically, hmm. te- technically label mates. Oh, they label mates. Oh, they mates now. Anyways, next story. Okay. It's not really a story. Yeah. Um, and also the veracity of these numbers, I I have no I, idea. I don't know if I want to believe. I don't know if I want to believe it. But this was on Reddit, the K-pop subreddit. I believe it because I want to believe it. <laughs> but it's a ranking of like the uh, album sales so far of 2016 for girl groups, and it's not super interesting like the numbers exactly, but it is kind of interesting to me like how popular some things are compared to others. Yeah, I mean, this list, if if you see it, it will surprise you. Not necessarily the album numbers, but kind of who's on this list and kind of who takes precedent over each other. Because some of these, I mean, I don't want to say some. I want to say at least maybe 60% of these, Stephen and I were like, huh? Scratching our heads. Yeah, like the order's a little weird. Yeah. But, you know, the, the number one is twice. Everybody knew it was going to be twice. Not too bro- surprising, that one. Broke a billion things. Number two is Taeyeon's Why, which, again, makes total sense to me. Uh, it does. Uh, like, her album was good, and she also has a huge SNSD following. So, two, yeah, it's, it's kind of a stretch, but I can see it. It's believable. You think it's a stretch that she's two? Because uh, she did I mean, a lot of work this year. She did do a lot of work this year. But for me, because this is album sales, right? Right. And just album sales, totally believable. But... I'm saying as just album sales, like just means nothing to me because one, she has a huge SNSD following, right? And two, SM always kills it with album sales. So I'm True. not I'm not too like fussed over her being number two, but I really do not think she's like number two overall in terms of like Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So okay. I'm 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 pointing out that this is album sales and that's why Taeyeon is number two, I think. Okay. I don't know. Uh, all right, then number three is the most surprising one to me, I think, on the list, which is Jessica. Yeah, Jessica. Yeah, th- now this one is just doesn't make sense any any which way. Like, yeah, she's an SM, but A, she hasn't been a part of SM for a while. Yes. B, she didn't promote her songs at all in Korea. No, she did not. Three, they weren't very good. They were not very popular, no. <laughs> and number four... The fact that she's number three and Tiffany is actually number five. Yeah. And 
Stephen and I enjoyed a good amount of Tiffany songs. And well, I don't want to say enjoy, but we yeah, we, <laughs> we were down. We were down of. sort of with a few of them, and she also performed a few of them. And she's been, you know, obviously on the Korean scene doing other things. She's it, been in variety, like variety shows. She has her own yeah. show before she, she had her own scandal, right? Before, out, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, this is prior to the scandal. Like yeah. I would have thought that if anything, Tiffany, not that Jessica wouldn't sell a lot. Like of course, Jessica would have sold a lot because it's her first comeback since it's a while, is, right? But the fact that she beat Tiffany in album sales is a pretty shocking to me. Like, I, yeah. I would have thought they'd at least be close or even. Um, yeah. Like, Steven and I aren't trying to, like, you know, spark this, like, debate and controversy. Like, oh, Jessica left SNSD and then I can't believe she beat Tiffany. But we're just basing this off of the fact that Tiffany, you know, who has SSD backing just like Jessica who's been active promoting it, who's been in the Korean scene, is lower than Jessica, who made a, you know, this kind of half, not I want to say half-hearted song, but this half kind of thing in my mind. Yeah. It wasn't really the American market. It wasn't really the Korean market. It so, was just like, hey, guys, I'm still here. Yeah, it was kind of like, hey, I'm still here kind of a deal. And it apparently is number three for some reason. I mean, like, people really like Jessica. Although Over, album over sales, a lot of these, like some of these I'm... Some of these down here, I'm like, why is this down here? Well, when it should be higher? Yeah. Uh, specifically number seven and then number eight. We'll get to that. Um, right. So number four and number six are both IOI. One was Crystallis, which was a terrible, terrible, terrible mini album. And it, it the did other have one. a few not so bad songs, but overall terrible mini album. It had, what was the not terrible one? I liked um, Tok Tok Tok. Uh, I like that song. Uh, but does that counter the, the worst pick me <laughs> version in the history does of not. Does not. Um, and of course, the Dream Girl song that never existed. Yeah. And number six was What a Man, which is was released very recently too. So Yeah, so it, it, I guess it doesn't have enough, didn't have enough time to kind of raise in the ranks. But I mean, they're pretty close. They're all yeah, at like, like a thousand away. Yeah. It's a little surprising. Cause I do know because we follow IOI. If anything, I follow IOI the most this year like Probably. of any girl group i knew they were popular but I, I still didn't think they were this popular like to outsell some of the other people down lower like that's right. kind of crazy to me i do though think though that if it was digital singles or anything they would definitely not be anywhere near top 10 but i mean i guess it makes sense for a group that was made by popularity right that those people are gonna buy their, their shit right yeah uh but yeah it's a little crazy to me that they beat out number seven yeah, so number seven and number eight, I think, are the biggest surprises for me just because of, uh, one, their popularity uh, recently, and two, they have huge amounts of like uh, streaming and other kind of sales that aren't album sales. So number seven is G-Friend, and number eight is Red Velvet. So let's talk about uh, G-Friend first. G-Friend, I think they have some sort of record based off of streams and it's, it's just baffling to see them as number seven. I think it's actually a, it's baffling to see them seventh, but also baffling that they beat red velvet. It's, yeah. It's a little that also, but knowing how popular twice is and knowing how popular G friend is becoming like IOI being in front of G friend is, is a little bit mind boggling for me. Mm. Like all, all kind of bias aside about, uh, the their taste in songs that I have, 
just G Friend having so much more in terms of kind of streaming and doing well in the charts to have their album sales so low is just very, very head scratching to me. Well, I think it makes sense to me because. Oh, if you're streaming, then you're not buying the album. Is that? No, no, no. Because these are album sales in the international sense, right? Like it's not just only Korean people who buy albums, right? Mm, fair and G friends. Are mainly it. are mainly Korean kind of hits, right? Like they're really, really popular inside of Korea, outside of Korea, not maybe not as much. Well, I also think G Friend as an entity in Korea is not that popular. Like their songs are very popular, but as an entity, they're not that popular. Oh, as, they're as not like a group. Yeah, or individually. Mm. Like they're not compared to IOA. Like IOA is on a lot of advertisements. They have, yeah, right, right. They show they they they're so f- more far-reaching in like uh, FaceTime. Yeah, that like G Friend I think just doesn't have that. So I, I don't really have like a term. I guess that's that can describe this, but I'm pretty sure you guys will understand what I'm talking about when I say IOI's overall likability as a group is, I think, higher than G-Friend. And yeah. I, that that would make sense, that kind of theory that you have, Stephen, because IOI, each different member, like they have some popularity based off just that individual member. Mm-hmm. And when you kind of put them all together, it, it becomes this huge mountain, right? But while as G-Friend, as a group, they're pretty popular Mm. individually they don't really have too much popularity because they're not doing a whole bunch of things like ioi is right like right a lot of people in ioi some of them are doing like you know dramas you know they're doing like other songs and then they're doing like a lot of advertisements whereas chief friends when they're doing cfs and stuff they're doing it like all together and and for the record like looking at the numbers like you need to under you need to understand just how much twice killed it is like they are almost triple G friends and like IOI's album sales, which is like baffling. Just baffling. That's baffling. Well, although to be fair, I think everything we said about IOI, it's even higher for twice. Like I think they have the billion people they have. They're very far reaching. They have multinational people. They have, you know, everything. See, they have very high group likability. And I think K-pop kind of what's good and bad about groups is that they have, this likability factor, right? Like, doesn't matter how how well they sing, doesn't matter how well they dance, but if they're really, really likable, then like people will be drawn to them, you know. Yeah. And that will make a shitty song into a great song, and that will make you know you able to sell like a hundred and fifty thousand albums. Cheer up is a good song. Cheer up is a good song. But yeah, the the main issue I think with for me is that G from beat Red Velvet. Um, Red Velvet is 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 super popular. Yeah. And their SM, and as you said, SM usually kills, kills it, it on the album, album sale front. I'm actually not sure which mini album this is. Is this? The, it's it the says Velvet, second I, mini album, The Velvet, but I don't. I want. I want to say that's the um, not the most recent one. Of course, uh, but is it is it the one with Dum Dum on it, or is it the one with like this? Oh, it's the one with one of these, these nights. nights. Okay, that makes so more that's sense. That's why. That okay, that sense. makes more sense. It doesn't have any of their like. It really, was the really jank, like songs. the lower one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. But that then that's pretty surprising that one of these nights mini album is number eight. Then okay, okay, that's actually turned into a, band, a good job for Red Velvet. Number nine is is AOA, uh, which I think kind of makes sense in the grand scheme of things. Good luck. I don't think didn't do particularly well on the charts. 
and in people's minds, but they're still AOA, so they sold, I mean, less than Red Velvet's one of these nights, but you know. It is but hey, it is. you do you. Uh, number 10 this is always surprising. surprises me because we are not fans of the solo stuff uh, from this girl, but it's uh, A-Pink's uh, Unji with her first mini album, and she beat Mamamoo, which is number, number 11. And num- that's Mamamoo's first um, album. Yeah, which means that that's got all the goodness. It's got all the goodness that they've been putting out. It's it's a full album. Um, but yeah, being beat by Unji, who I know had that one song that I don't even remember the name because I heard it once and never listened to it again. And she always does those ballad duos with uh, Hugak that is super popular in Korea, but we also don't really like. We're not a huge fan of that. <laughs> um, but Mamamoo like, has been killing it. Yeah, very popular, more so in Korea amongst uh, like female fans. They have a huge female fan following. Yeah, and I guess I mean it's still pretty good. I think for like again a group from bare bareback beginnings, right? Like you know, not from a famous place. Blah 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 yeah, blah. Not from a famous company. You know. Yeah. They don't have like a kind of preset popularity. They kind of have to start from almost nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, G Friends, another like example, shining example of like. I forgot what they call it. I remember watching a variety show and it's like all of Korea regards them as like the miracle group because they, again, they're, they're from a no name art, uh, a no name producer. Yeah. None of all, all those girls either got rejected from other people or like barely had any, yeah. you know, whatever. And you know, mom was there. The rest I think are, are relatively like whatever. I mean, yeah. Twice is first mini album is next. Then another G friend album. Lovelies is 14, which... That's strange. And Oh My Girl is on this list three times. Yes. Uh, 15 through 20, they appear three times. Which is interesting. I mean, they've been putting in a lot of work, and I haven't liked their two new songs, like the Windy Day song and the Aing song. Aing. That song gives me headaches. Uh, But... The two before that, uh, I'm down with. Not bad, yeah. And also Gugudon is on here, which shows Ugh. you the power of IOI. True. The power of IOI. And then EXID, though. EXID number 19. That means EXID's first major album, their first big album, is lower than Gugudon. Two Oh My Girls, Lovelies. Taeyeon's album that was released last year. Oh, the first mid- Oh, man. That's right. They're beneath... I album. Oof. That's crazy to me. But I really do think XID, you know, they had up and down, but they're like, and they are a household name now, right? Especially Hani. But I think in the music sphere, kind of, they've just been going down, down. But anyways, I think that's kind of interesting. I hope you think there was no boy version of this. So, uh, but I'm going to tell you right now, number one is probably EXO, but. Uh, so we can't really yeah. talk about boy. It's not like I didn't choose to talk about the boy. That Just we don't have hand. that data on hand. Yeah, that's data? what we're going to bring. Data? data? I hope it's data. But yes, uh, let's, I guess, move on. I hope you're not hearing. I'm really angry I didn't silence my phone because my phone's been fucking messaging cacao things this whole time. And, and, and Stephen has this like, super cute, cutesy. I don't think it's cute, but it's a super cutesy. Like, it's like a baby. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a baby. Like, um, I don't actually know if you guys can actually hear that, but it's it's probably it's bothering rang me. like fifty, like twenty times, times. Yeah. like literally twenty times. But anyways, let's move on to the next thing. 
And the next thing is actually again on Reddit, which I still go to, you know, because despite it being it, there's no other place like it, you know, but this was pretty interesting. So somebody on uh, Reddit wrote like a master's dissertation about kind of the history of K-pop and why K-pop is how it is nowadays. And while there isn't like an insane amount of new things like uh, that I read, but it did kind of sum up everything into this like progression of, oh, A, B, A is, you know, A is the reason why B and B is the reason why C and C is the reason why D. And I thought it was really, really interesting. Yeah, especially for a lot of K-pop fans who are more new to K-pop. Like Steven and I, we've been listening to K-pop for a good amount of time now. And Steven, he said that it's there's a lot of things that's still kind of eye-opening for him. Yeah. I haven't read it yet, but Steven has told me a lot about it. So, yeah. So I do want to talk a little bit about, like it's so shout outs to Aornic. You probably don't listen to our podcast, but that's your name. The person who wrote this. this yeah. Of course. Um, but I think one of the interesting things is like, you know, why SM does because all three companies, it talks about SM it talks about JYP. It talks about YG AG. and how inherently all three companies are all very different and they all focus on different things. You know, we knew that. Yeah. But I didn't really know like why that happens, right? Like why they do what they do. Right. So like for example, SM was kind of first, right? But they based a lot of their setup and their manufacturing on on uh, Japan, right? And I think one very interesting thing that you know, we've been talking about NCT and how it's fucking confusing and we don't really understand what's going on and like project group is it this right and that's mainly i think sm's failure to explain anything right which they always do or don't in this sense yeah but if you think about it more of like it's sm's version of like akb 48 it actually makes a lot more sense where it's this like ever-changing group of like young people that like if they if they get garner interest, they get kind of promoted. And if they don't garner interest, interest, they're subbed out very quickly. And it, it, it could be this thing. Like I think in the article said that like when uh, the SM guy was introducing it, he's like, this could be the last, our last group ever because from this group, we can make every other future boy group and future girl group or solo singers in, in our company. Right. This could be the last and only, quote unquote group that we need that we need yeah um and and hearing that like it does make more sense that like they're really just shotgunning like groups like subgroups concepts weird ass names right um yeah and it actually never really occurred to me that sm really kind of just copied the japanese way of doing things yeah because Um, steven and i we we do talk about a lot of similarities with like SM and kind of J-pop in general, but we've never really kind of made the connection that, oh, they're, the system is the same, right? Like Steve and I will be talking about Boa and how we're like, oh, we like Boa's Japanese songs, but it never really kind of, you know, ahad us about like, oh, that's because SM was trying to, you know, play the Japanese market in the same way, right? Right. Well, and, and the I think the interesting thing is like they... Like he he based it off of the Japanese model and he made it better. And SM focuses on one thing only, and they focus on they they call it cultural technology, which is why NCT is is called neo cultural technology. technology. And and what that means to the SM guy is like 
his whole idea and the way his groups have always been multi-ethnic or why he focused on Japan so much is that he wants to make a person for every type of person. He wants to kind of take other people's culture, not in like the racist or stereotype right way, but he wants to take other people's culture, wrap it in this shiny K-pop manufacturing rapper and then send send you back to that culture yeah and i mean steven and i we've we've kind of picked up on this like and mentioned it a lot of times when we talk about sm groups especially uh boy groups because sm boy groups usually have shit tons of members and steven and i will always say oh yeah that's because they have shit ton of members because they want like one member for every kind of taste for every person and that's kind of what this you know thesis is kind of saying in a certain way right yeah and how they yeah they're they're they were the first major company to really include foreigners and you know Chinese people and uh, Japanese people and American people and also and, like European producers also yeah and, and and a part of his thing was like if we only use Korean producers then our music is only going to be for Korean people right so that's why SM does not have well that's not true they do have their in-house producers yeah but that's why I think almost to a stubborn degree they're like including well they let them do solo stuff now right but i don't think they're stubborn at all in like letting other people make most of the songs nowadays are made by european producers right um which is in stark 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 contrast to, to both like yg and yg and so really i thought it was really interesting that like sm is just entirely focused on pre-packaging to four different cultures yeah right? for different tastes that necessarily aren't korean but just like a more global i guess we could say kind of spectrum right i think there's a quote in it i don't remember exactly because i read it a, lot a week ago but there's a quote that's like he in his mind he wants to make one person for every country like he wants like the Filipino guy to, to so that the Filipinos can like that group. He wants a Chinese guy for the Chinese people. He wants, you know, a Canadian person for the kids. Like he wants one day to have a boy group or, or a girl group or part of it to, for everybody. And it's like a science to him. It's, it's not like he's yeah. picking the best singers. He's not picking the best people necessarily for the job. He's picking what he thinks other people would like most and yeah. i was like that makes a lot of sense it, it makes tons of sense because uh when you think about it with the whole korean kind of training and trainee system they can make most people into decent singers and dancers right and if you're mildly attractive enough then you're fine right but what you can't necessarily like train is you can't train someone to be from the philippines right like someone has to be filipino to be filipino if you know what i'm saying right so i i think it's it, it makes tons of sense when you look at sm as a company because they they have a shit ton of like you know chinese members they mm -hmm. have you know japanese members and they're really really trying to focus on like global auditions and things like that so so the crazier thing is that it, he is actually much more specific so, for example, at least according to this this uh, paper, like he actually has a book that he wrote called the CT, that it's like a manual which all SM employees Cultural need to technology. know. Yeah, they need they need to have this memorized, which is a very detailed like which chord progressions, like in the book it says which chord progressions you should use for which country, 
the precise color of eyeshadow a performer should wear in a particular country. The exact hand gestures he or she should make for that particular country. Like what camera angle should be used in a video for that wow. particular country. Like straight, it's a straight science. Yeah. Like kind of to like a scary, like kind of creepy thing. Creepy in creepy detail, you know? Yeah. But but I it, I think it's really interesting because I think a lot of their decisions make much more sense. But that's SM. JYP section is a lot smaller, but I think it's very interesting because SM was very like pop based because that's what Isu Man likes. Yeah, that's like what he looked up to. And JYP is JYP because JYP always looked up to like Motown, which is very evident in like how he handled the Wonder Girls, right? And how he handles like a lot of his groups because they are very similar in terms of like the Motown system right because you know you have like one one kind of head guy which jyp right Mm -hmm. and you have like producers and songwriters and everything and then you have this group which is kind of like the figurehead right and it was actually because i don't know that much about motown other than like i've heard songs from it but also according to the article like the way motown worked was it actually was very much like a k-pop factory yeah Exactly. You would they would pick up random people from the street. They would have all their songs written for them. They would have all the choreography done for them. All the person needed to do was perform it. And like there's some kind of famous quote that's like, My goal in running this record company is that uh, this is a Motown person saying this, like, is that I can take anybody out from the streets and make them a star. And so they were already pre-packaging songs and stuff for people back then, and that's what JYP did, right? He he was like the sole writer and the sole choreographer and the sole, I mean, not sole, but he was the main one. He's the, he's the guy to put together the group, right? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until I think a couple years, like two years ago that he started he taking changed some everything. step backs, yeah. Yeah, because he said, I think he went to a lot of American companies after uh, the Wonder whole Wonder Girls thing and he realized that it's not the best way to control everything. Yeah. And supposedly that's one of the reasons why JYP has now re- resurged is because he's not the sole dude for everything anymore. Yeah, he's changed his things. Well, I think uh, that's a great move because if uh, you're kind of uh, familiar with like the history of Motown, uh, what came about from the history of Motown is that when, when songs really kind of blew up, like people had a lot of problems with copyrights and like royalties. Uh, because you know you have the main guy like the jyp guy saying you know hey i made you guys and these are all my this is all my stuff right and then the groups were saying like oh no but we're the ones putting it out there we're the we're the face of this kind of thing and the songwriters are like yo but hey i wrote the song so it's the song that's important and then there was a lot of problems with that and that's kind of i think the issue with k-pop is like you if you want to follow that motown system you kind of need that one person who's just kind of controlling everything. Right. And then, you know, you have guys like, you know, Yisuman, who's SM, like he gets a lot of hate for like having so much control. Right. So hats well, off to JYP, I guess, and for taking steps back. But that's also kind of another interesting difference between SM and JYP, which is that SM thinks of it more as a science, right? Like they have the guidebook, like, but JYP is more of a feeling person. Yeah. And that's why 
it says in the article, but but I knew this before. Like there are so many kind of memes and things of like all of these uh, trainees that JYP let go, like all these super super famous people that are not with JYP anymore. Now they're in SM or now they're in YG. Like G Dragon is one of those people. Like because JYP doesn't necessarily care about talent or what's good for other people. Like right. he cares more about the feeling that they give and and. I think that has caused them to lose a lot of really talented trainees. Yeah. But I mean, JYP in his own right, he's doing pretty well, like going based off his feel. But if, well, it, if it was well someone now, yeah, if it wasn't someone, if it wasn't JYP, like, and it was some other dude, yeah, the system also, probably would not work. You also need to remember that like last year, we would always joke how JYP is not even the third company anymore. Like they right. were not doing well. JYP Be- was not before, doing well. Before like twice, yeah, I want to say even like before twice he was kind of struggling a little bit. Yeah, like Got Seven was out for a long time and didn't get any traction in Korea. Now they have a lot of traction, but like we would always joke, right, that like nobody knew who Got Seven was in our class. Right, right. But they were huge internationally, but nobody knew. It really wasn't until Jackson like crawl, like put the whole put <laughs> put the name on <laughs> put his that back, group on yeah. his back, and and clawed out. Um, and the last one, of course, I mean YG, and you know SM's bike. Was in a boy group, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's boy group central or pop group central. JYP is like Motown singing. He's got his own thing. And of and course, YG. YG was in a rap K-hip-hop air yeah. quotes group. And so that's why his whole basis is uh, hip-hop. Hip-hop and more of like individual artists, kind of like, you know, Michael Jackson style. Right. right. But he's, yeah, he but he's also very, very, despite having very successful groups, he's very like in-house. We, I mean, we know that, right? Like he used the same like three in-house producers for everything, which is also why a lot of things sound the same, right? Um, he's very lucky that he has G-Dragon, right? Pretty much G-Dragon and Teddy, like without those two, YG, like, would, YG be would be nothing, right? Oh, I don't want to say nothing, but they'd be in trouble. Now that's good on YG for finding those people, cultivating those people, having those people, right? But... As compared to the other two groups, uh, two companies like YG is, and we criticize him all the time, right? Right. He's so singularly focused that while that while that's doing well, it's great. But yeah. if hip hop, if there or, ever comes a time where it's not trendy anymore, they're doomed. Yeah, because their lack of diversity is gonna uh is gonna hit them, and also their lack of like forward thinking is gonna hurt them. Uh, because again, we always joke with YG is like, they just will put you in a fucking dungeon for two years. And who knows when your next song is going to come out. Right. Um, as opposed to SM, which is much more, they probably have a giant, I would bet they have a giant calendar of like the most efficient, like way to structure releases. Right. Um, actually I think, um, Red Velvet was just saying that they were supposed to come out like a couple months ago, I think in, in the summer. But they were delayed because of NCT, um, because I they just release after release after release, right? And and YG is more like we're gonna deluge, you. like we're, we're gonna, gonna have eight it. winner or eight icon songs, and but you know the rest of the people, you know, yeah. But yeah, anyways, uh, there's way more to this. I hopefully I got I didn't misrepresent the art uh, the thing, but I think it's a really good read. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes and all that stuff. Um, because it's 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 pretty long. Yeah. And I did skim a lot of it. And we would also really like to hear what you guys think about it. Because uh, 
you know, I haven't really read it, so I can't really say too much. I can't really talk about it too much with Steven. Some of our Slack chingus on Slack have been reading it, and they've had some things to say, and it's really, really interesting. So really interesting kind of talking point. So if you guys can read it and give us some feedback, that'd be cool. Also, it's cool to write a paper, like a, a master's dissertation on K-pop. Like, All right, so the last two stories are very short. One of them is kind of old, but... I think needs to be talked about, which yeah, is... I think it's good to address. Yeah, one of the Oh My Girl members, Ginny, she had to take like a leave of absence because of like anorexia. We say it all the time again that like being in K-pop means you have to, crazy unrealistic body standards, crazy unrealistic like work standards. and work standards and how much you have to work. And and it's so sad to kind of see the the bad side of, right, of... of of that yeah just like korean entertainment essentially right yeah so it's just kind of like the the weekly reminder of how crazy hard it is to be a k-pop idol yeah and you know despite us you know listeners to our podcast are much better about this you know in the last year or two but like i just people on youtube like when we used to make reaction videos or we used to make more youtube stuff like people just think that when we don't like a song, it means we, we don't, don't like, like the people, people or we are like insulting their hard work. No, I, um, I think if you listen to Steven and I talk for a long time, Steven and I, we we always mention how hardworking K-pop groups are, even if we don't like any of their things or if we're not a fan of them. Because every single group, like we're 100% sure that they're just working their asses off trying to make it. Yeah, And the fact, you know, that, they are working so hard and not really making it and they're going through all these problems. It's really, really, it's just really sad, you know? I mean, one of the one of the Reddit comments actually says that supposedly at her lowest, she was 38 kilograms, which is 83.7 pounds. That's like two bags of rice. Um, so I do wish, you know, I hope that she can recover. I mean, I think it's going to be, it's incredibly hard, I think, to recover from anorexia in general, right, as a normal person, let alone a, someone who's in front of the camera, right? And like with all, all these the expectations time. and and things like that. And that's, I mean, really, really sad about not necessarily just uh, entertainment around the world, but specifically like Korean entertainment is that everybody is kind of already so thin yeah. and there, there is no way in my mind to get thinner for some girls or guys even without starving themselves because it's just an unhealthy body weight that they're trying to achieve mm. and this is just kind of one of the one of the sad points of you know korean k-pop and all that in general so yeah. we, we hope she she fights back and that she comes back strong and not even like I don't even want her to like come back to oh my girl and come back into like the k-pop scene I just want her as a person to kind of Right. You know, deal with this. This is why I never believe a group when they're like, so-and-so has left the group for like a disease, right? And then two two months later or a year later, they're back with another girl group, right? When, when like anorexia is a significant psychological and uh, physical, physical yeah. problem, but she's going to, she's probably going to be back in a couple of weeks, right? But you hear all the time, right? Like, oh, Hyona left Wonder Girls because 
she had some disease or no, health issues or, or yeah health issues always quote unquote health issues but then like a real serious one like this it's like no nah, you come back like in a little bit right that's why i never believe health issues quote unquote right i i i always think it's just we need a reason to kick you out of the group because if you have real health issues and that's sad that you gotta that come peop- back that they're saying like oh health issues blah 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 right because well, I, mean, I feel like all i feel like all k-pop idols have health issues yeah like they don't there's no way that you eat that little, sleep that little, and perform that much, and you're healthy. There's no way. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast on, on a episode like a long, long time ago. But there's a really interesting article I, that I reread recently uh, from that white drummer in, in Busker Busker, and he wrote about his whole experience with it, it, with Superstar K and his whole experience like as Busker Busker afterwards, and like how. You know, he signed how up. Stressful it was. Yeah, like just yeah, I think I read how that. crazy it was. Like, like every like day, yeah, they like would that. offer him Botox. They would only like feed him like vegetables to get them all like skinnier, 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 and like it. They would only be able to sleep like thirty minutes, like every like tw- twelve hours, because they were being worked so hard on 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 Superstar K and afterwards. And I just can't imagine being in a girl or guy group with anorexia like that yeah. or you probably developed it because of that you know I, I would not be surprised if that was the case but speaking of idols being too busy the last kind of news story is about 17 mm-hmm. and the only reason i'm mentioning this because i think it's just so crazy that this is news but it, it was quote-unquote news that 17 got a two-week break from pletus entertainment a two-week two break and that's news yes um, which is great. I mm. mean, it's great that they got two weeks uh, because, again, a very famous story I remember was when AOA was working hard and they released three s- songs in, in a year. Like they said they, they didn't get a single it, vacation in like for the entire years. year. Yeah. Um, they worked like almost every single day for an entire year. And I guess it worked out for them at least. But I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy 17. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. Whenever I see things like this, because this is kind of a tangent, but I was watching like uh, this this one show called One Fine Day. Maybe you guys are kind of familiar with it, but it's this program that was kind of created and designed to give these idols like a break. And I remember G Friend appeared on it, and then their company was just saying like, "Oh, don't let them rest, make them do stuff because they're a rookie group; they shouldn't need a break." And that just that just baffles my mind about kind of Korean work standards and work expectations. Like rookies work ridiculously hard. Like pre-debut people work ridiculously hard. And the fact that they're like, oh no, because they just debuted, they should be happy that they debuted and they shouldn't need to rest. Right. That just I just I just don't understand. Like it's just so counterintuitive. If you're working so hard to debut. Like you should be able to rest because you're working so hard, right? Like it, it just, I mean, maybe that's my Western mentality that if you works, if you work like a 60 hour work week, one week, then the next week you're, you're hoping not to work another 60 hour work week. Right. Like, right. But I mean, I mean, we've worked in Korea for three years. Like we know that when you're young, you're, you're the bitch boys and the bitch girls, right. like no matter what, like even in school, even in our school, the new teacher will get, 10 times the work that an older teacher gets. Um, 
And it's like, well, because they're young, they should be able to handle it and they should be able to do all that stuff, right? Like, like when I was a new teacher in America, I got the least amount of work because I needed time to adjust. I needed time to learn what to do. But in Korea, the new teacher gets everything. They get the extracurricular stuff. They get the extra bitch work. They they have to do all the things that the the other teachers don't want to do, right? So I, I think it's totally wrong, but I do understand that mentality because that's a very Korean, Korean mentality. Yeah, Korean work standards. Yeah. Which expectations. Is, it's just, yeah, it's mind-boggling sometimes. Yes. But, you know, again, with Pletus doing doing 17 a solid, they also did 17 a solid because a couple of months ago, or maybe it's been a year now, they released a very strict, like, set of... Uh, like, rules. Like contract rules for these fan sites to follow because, as we all know... A lot of fan sites go a little cray cray with their stalking and their invasion of privacy. And so I remember Pletus was like, yo, don't stop. This is what you can and can't do. I think Twice also has some pretty strict rules. Yeah. Which I'm I, I welcome fully these yeah. rules. Yeah. And so it was just it's not a huge bit of news, but apparently sixteen uh fan clubs of seventeen like were broke banned. these rules. Yeah. So they, they're not allowed to uh go to any official events anymore because well it says in the thing like they were taking pictures in forbidden areas like secure zones, immigration zones inside, inside the airplane. The airplane. And they're not allowed to go to fan signings now or get concert benefits. Uh, yeah. Fan clubs P- bringing down the only band hammer they got, which is you don't get to take creeper pictures of us. Anymore. But you know, Pletus like props to you, like taking care of your, your, your group's privacy. We, I think we all know how, how difficult it is being a K-pop like, group member not in the sense of working hard but also in terms of privacy because they are getting stalked like motherfuckers you know and like that's one thing that's i think really hard to protect when it comes to celebrities and such is privacy and i mean i think that that goes worldwide like celebrities have no sort of privacy and i'm glad that pletus is doing something like this at least because these guys are young you know they're like boys so props to you pletus although good on you for how you're running 17 but how about your other artist like where's yeah, after school been mean? like i think you protected them so much they disappeared from everything <laughs> although last thing okay last thought which is which is a very um what's the word glass half empty thought which is do you think 17 would have gotten a break if their last singles were good. Ooh. If, if, uh, no, I, I do not. No, right. So. Okay. I think that if they were like super, super like groundbreaking and as amazing as like some of the previous songs, they would, they would ride that horse to death. Like, I, I really think that break is, is like the good news spin of they just didn't have anything to do. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, I, like if, uh, if they were killing it and they were on all these variety shows and they were doing all sorts of things, I really don't think they would have gotten the two weeks. Right. Because if you, if you think SM are the only company to kind of approach K-pop like scientifically like this, you're wrong. And if you think of it as like assets and time and all that stuff, a K-pop's kind of life, a K-pop member's lifetime, not very long. Mm-hmm. Right. Like maybe 16 to 17 is like where they debut as early as you can, 16, 17. And roughly maybe 10 years later is all you got. 
So you want to squeeze yeah, I was gonna go way less. Way less, right? Like I'm talking about like the most extreme. Right. right, right. Like if you're top of the top, then yeah, maybe if you, like, ten if, to, you, if you if you if you're gang busts, right? So you gotta squeeze that like five to ten year orange as much as you can. So two weeks time out of like five years, that must feel like a huge amount of time for that company, right? Especially boy groups, right? I mean, they have the ticking time bomb of of going to the military. So right. time is of the essence. Yeah, their time is the only people to recover from military duty are the people that are already popular to begin with, right? So you can do it, 17. Please, please, please go back to 2015, 17, where all three of your songs were like some of the best things we've ever heard. It's been a long time. Yeah. yeah, don't go, don't stop this 2016, 17, which is just, not good, 17. Um, but yeah, so I think with that, this was a much l- less r- rambly after show than I kind of expected. More focused. We were pretty yeah. focused this time. Um, is there any random thing else that we want to talk about, man? Um, we I have the episode so. 100 coming up. I have no, still have no, no earthly idea. idea how to make it special. Although, again, maybe you're new to this podcast, but I did start this podcast not with Josh. Not me. I started it with one of my friends back in america uh but i I mean you came in i actually don't remember but what like 40 episodes maybe maybe earlier than, maybe even earlier than that like 30 you've been here for a long time yeah but i did say like oh maybe for 100th i could like talk to kelvin maybe we can have a little like bit a, about it yeah maybe um, we can have a but he really doesn't listen to K-pop. And he, well, he never listened to K-pop. I forced him to listen to K-pop for the podcast. And he still listens to some girl groups because they're cute. Because they're cute. And he watches like Running Man still. So he'd be like, oh, that girl cute. You know, what song is that? Um, primarily, he only cares about Sohyun now. But <laughs> maybe. Like, I was thinking maybe just because uh, ours, this nice setup is not really set up for a Skype and all that stuff. I actually have no idea. Yeah. Or like, even extra members. <laughs> like, yes. I don't know how when we do extra podcasts or if we get Mina back on here. Wow, we're gonna do that, but we'll figure it out. That's true. So maybe we'll bring in someone special. We we I don't know. We if you have any ideas, please tell us. Like, what should we do for a hundred? You know, because uh, that's coming up in what we About got three weeks. Ninety nine, ninety nine after show, and then a hundred. But yeah, so hopefully when this podcast goes up, I'm caught up on everything. I'm probably not, but you know how it is. Uh, we didn't mention it, but again, if you want to support us, you can help us on Patreon or you can help us on PayPal. And of course you can follow us on things that we never use like Twitter. We never use and Instagram, which we never use. I tried and Can't take many pictures <laughs> and that's about it. So, uh, although there's some cute girls on Instagram, man. Hey, uh, we're going to see you guys next time in episode 99. Hopefully it's going to be a good one. Hopefully the audio on here is good. Bye. Bye.